we have to be mindful of the things of God and when we discover things and uncover things by the Holy Spirit. Root Your Trust in God, Part 1, The Four Elements of Trust. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother and sister, you need the Word. <laughs> Open verse comes from Psalms 56, 11. Psalms 56, 11, and it reads, In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. Amen. Amen. The message title today is called Root Your Trust in God. Part one. Once again, Root Your Trust in God. Subtitle, The Four Elements of Trust. The Four Elements of Trust. Now, trust is defined as reliance on the integrity, strength, Ability, surety, hope of a person or thing with confidence and dependence. All right, before we dig into the message, we want to dig into the four elements of trust. Now, I want two volunteers, if you're not afraid, to come up and help me put this in divine orders, one through four, as you said. So we have any brave soldiers want to come up and put this order one through four, which it should be, so we can break it down. Anybody will come up and take a chance. All right. We got James. That's one. Yvette, we're waiting on you. Oh, you want to come? All right. <laughs> All right, James. For one through four, what would be the divine order? No, you can just point at it. Okay. That'd be one. Number one for you. What would be the second divine order? For number two for James. All right. James said, so for a faithful one, being number two. Sacrifice and truth. All right, so we got one, two, three, four. You want to take a chance? Did you agree or disagree? If you disagree, you can come. What's your name? James said first, obedience, sacrifice, and truth was last. Truth is first. You got number one for you. What would be your second guess? Faith would be number two for you. Sacrifice. Okay, all right. Oh, you can say what you know. That's your choice. Okay, then what would be your last choice? Obedience is last choice. Okay, all right. Okay, we're going to break it down and make sound sense. Jewish, you want to try Jewish? Obedience, sacrifice, faith and truth. All right, okay, all right. Let's give them a hand of applause. Let's break it down and see who was right. All right, so I'm asking Pastor, do you agree or disagree with those, Pastor? Do you disagree with all of those or you see something different? You want to be different? I'm going to give Pastor a chance so we can solidify this thing. Pastor, what you really got, Pastor? True faith will be in sacrifice. That is correct. Pastor is correct. I'm going to break it down for you. All right, we have truth. Truth is the word of God. Jesus said he is the way, the truth, and the life. Okay, faith come by what? By hearing, hearing by the word of truth, by the word of God. Now, let's get a little tricky here. Obedience. Now, Samuel told Saul, the obedience is better than sacrifice. Now, when faith and obedience connects, so we can't move on being unless you have faith. So sacrifice is lies. Pass correct. Thank you. You came. You missed yours about one. You're close. James, all right. We got you, James. Good try. Give about our hands of applause for that. All right. Thank you very much. 
So let's go deep into a little bit further and see why the order is where it is. All right. Let's define truth. Truth is defined as the true or actual state of matter. Now, truth is the baseline foundation for the believers, which is the holy word of God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He also said that you shall know the truth, and the truth will what? Set you free. All right. Now, we're going to put emphasis on the word trust. This is the trust elements. So you're going to hear me say trusting a whole lot tonight when I'm describing and putting emphasis on these factors or these elements. Trusting in truth. Trusting in truth. When learning to walk in the path of truth, we must keep in mind that there is a spirit of what? Truth to lead and guide us and also the spirit of deception which is there to distract us, to derail us from our purpose and destiny. Now, as it pertains to the word of God, it can be very difficult to relate to without the guidance of the Holy Spirit because we come into this world blinded by sin, a world full of deception, lies, and fabrications concerning the word of God. Although the truth of the word of God is foundational, and principally established before the beginning of time, God will oftentimes allow his truth to be what? Proven, to be revealed, to be discovered, and to be tested because of the demonic spirit that is always working to try to distort and cover up the truth or to keep man bound in darkness, trusting the truth. Now, when it comes to reading the word of God, there are many skeptics, there are some Christians who are doubters of the word, double-minded, especially in times of conflicts and, and difficulties concerning, say, for example, hell. A lot of people don't believe there's a hell. I heard one person say, how can God create a hell and send people? That? I don't believe that. But she says she's a Christian. She refused to accept that. When it comes to the Trinity, people don't understand how can that be. That's only one God. How can it be? I don't accept that. And some disregard the Old Testament. I don't believe in the Old Testament. We New Testament, that's what I read. I don't fool with the Old Testament. So I reply, okay, you're 50 years old. What if your life was taken, I mean, your memories of your life were taken from you from 1 to 25? So you take age 1 to 2, no recollection of your past, no recollection of your childhood. What would that make you? Make you incomplete. So it makes sense that God would establish the Old Testament, bring us into the New Testament to give us a clear understanding. Now, trusting the truth can be difficult for many people, especially if their trust has always been in money, people, power, material possessions, which are all covered by the spirit of what pride, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Now, it's only through God's divine wisdom and saving grace that he's able to uproot and cleanse us from that unrighteous soil and reroot us in his righteous holy soil to grow us in his truth that can be trusted. Numbers 23:19 says, you know the scripture, God is not a man that he should lie, nor either the son of man that he shall repent. Have he said it and shall he not do it or have he spoken and shall he not make it good? Now, what happens when we are trusting the truth? The first sign that we are trusting the truth, you'll be connecting with God through his word. We've scheduled times of prayer and meditation. You will make time. He becomes your priority. 
Secondly, there will be a peace and freedom. There will also be a thankfulness and gratefulness that will illuminate from your heart. And people will begin to see that coming from you, those who are around you, to change. Third one, spiritual eyes will be open. Your ears will be clear and fully alert to the presence of God. You will begin to review and see things from God's perspective. Another way to know, you have fully released your controls over your life and placed your trust in his hands. Now, God give us the faith to trust his truth, trusting his truth. Romans ten seventeen says, so then faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, let me elaborate, as I mentioned earlier, about God's allowance of his truth. The first one is God's truth must be revealed. His truth must be revealed. Now, it is God who initiates his divine revelations and disclosure of himself and his will to his people, to his creations, to his creatures. There are millions of people who have lived and are living on earth who have never picked up the Bible, who have never attended a Sunday worship service, maybe coming to the building for a funeral, maybe for a wedding. And still they refuse to surrender their life to Christ. Now Romans 18, 1, 18 and 19 says, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godliness and the wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. Now, let's go a little further. Now, God revealed himself to Moses for a reason, for a purpose, in the burning bush. He revealed himself to Moses and Israelites as they went down to Egypt. He revealed himself to the Egyptians, to the other nations, who he was and who he is. He said, I am that I am. He wanted to reveal himself, his power. He did miracles, signs, and wonders. In Egypt and in the wilderness, even the other nations was fearful. Rahab, for example, the harlot in Jericho, said to the two spies in Joshua 2.9, she said, I know that the Lord have given you the land and that your terror has fallen upon us, that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. God makes himself known not only to Moses, but to the nations. He's still the same God today. He's still doing the same thing, making himself known, revealing himself to his people, saving those who are lost through us and through his word. Next one, the truth must be proven. His truth must be proven. Romans 12, 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and perfect will of God. We must fully believe that the living word of God is a proof producer and sets the standard for the kingdom living while on earth. How can our lives be the proven truth of God's kingdom when the world is, is observing us, when the world is looking at us, when they're trying to find a reason to come to Christ? It's by our actions and our reactions, especially in difficult circumstances. When times is tough, they can see your faith. They can see your faith. So keep in mind that people are watching. The next one is our faith talk. Change of our conversation. You are now speaking life, not death. They notice a change in you. 
The next one, you'll be seeking to honor God with your life. Seeking to honor God with your life. A change in the ways you used to do things. And one of the biggest transformation in the Bible and the kingdom of God was the life of the Apostle Paul. He was one of the biggest transformation. His life changed instantly. He met Jesus, rode to Damascus before he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly changed, never looked back. He struggled at times, but he went through those things that people can see at one hand how he was and the change overnight scenes and how he was serving God. Those changes can be just that instant and dramatic when you really find God and when you really put you on a mission and a purpose to serve him. Pastor Paul was number one drop pick in that situation. How he changed his life for Christ and set the foundation in the New Testament. The next one, truth must be discovered. The truth must be discovered. This has to do with individual and collectively has God people and has a holy nation. It will be discovered by the meditation of his word. He wants us to first discover the truth of his love for us, who he is, his mercy, his grace. He wants us to discover who we are in Christ. He wants us to understand his grace that's over our life, past and present. He wants us to discover in order to uncover the tactics of Satan. So we have to be mindful of the things of God. And when we discover things and uncover things by the Holy Spirit. Next one, truth must be tested. God wants his people to be battle tested and battle ready in order to grow in power and in faith. He wants us to be a living witness of his word. He will allow us to go seasons in trials and tribulations to mature our faith, to grow us, to become the person we need to be in serving him. Amen? All right. Let's move to the next one. So we did with truth. Now let's deal with faith. Everybody ready for the faith? All right. Let's define faith. Faith is the confidence or trust in a person or thing. It is the belief that is not based on proof. It's the belief that's not based on proof. Walking by faith, not by sight. Trusting faith, trusting faith. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. This is the gift of God. Now, faith is our power source connection to God. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. But God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. That was the word say. So, God says it's impossible to please him without faith. To be without faith, how can that be? When he's given us a measure of faith. Okay, let's break that down. Okay, how can one be without faith? God is simply saying without trusting faith, it is impossible to please him. Active faith, trusting faith. Therefore, the judge should live by faith, walk by faith, not by sight, which is based on the truth and the word of God. Trust in faith. It clings to the faithfulness of God. However, there is a thin line between faith and trust. Faith and trust. Now, let's break that down. Faith and trust. It is very similar, but that's like I said, it's a thin line. Now, with trust, there's no thin line. You either trust God or not. Before you trust him or not, let's know I trust him a little bit. Absolutely not. You trust him or not. That's the difference. 
Now, God said, trust him with all your heart. He did not say, place your faith in him with all your heart. That's the difference. Trust me with all your heart. Trust. He never said faith. He never put faith into the heart matter. Why? Now, when it comes to faith, we saw some of Jesus' responses in the New Testament. But when he saw the people, you saw Jesus mention, you little faith. He marveled at great faith. Little faith because of what? Because of the doubt. Little faith because of their unbelief. Little faith because of their fearfulness. He even crushed in one person, what is your faith? Because he didn't have what? Trust in faith. Active faith toward God. And like I said before, Jesus marveled at the great faith. Now, put this in perspective, Stephen, in the New Testament, the Bible says that Stephen was full of faith. That means that faith can be low, it can be full, it can be half a tank. The faith moves up and down. It's in somewhere not control. Now, the full faith that he has, this is the type of faith that allows you to trust the Lord with all your heart. Full faith allows you to trust him with all your heart. No half faith, no half a quarter, none of that quarter tank, none of that. We have to trust him or we not. There's no in between. Now let's look at obedience. Obedience is defined as the state or quality of being obedient, a submissive compliance, trusting obedience. We know that obedience is better than sacrifice, as we mentioned, and is the conscious reaction to our faith and trust in the word of God and his Holy Spirit and the spirit of truth. Trusting and obedience, trusting obedience to God it's a process which requires a willingness of heart to do exactly what God is requiring us to do. In that moment and over a stretch of years of time, when he set forth for you to do something, you have to continue to do it over and over again. And he will shift when he wants to. He won't put you on a steadfast of obedience. Now, whether you trust and obey or obey with trust, obedience to God comes with a blessing but also has its unexpected twists and turns to grow your dependence upon him. Hebrews 5.8 says, Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Talk about Jesus. Now Jesus, of course, is the ultimate example of trusting obedience. Jesus had a prayer life. Jesus was teaching. He was obedient on Calvary. He was obedient to go into the wilderness to face Satan, all in obedience. Like I said, the course may not be smoothed, but he rolled out his obedience to God, connecting with the Father on a daily basis. All right, let's move to sacrifice. Okay, sacrifice means to surrender or give up. Has an offering for the sake of something else. Trusting sacrifice. Now, this is that daily divine surrender to the will of God. And guidance by the spirit of truth. Because God requires us as a reasonable service to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him. This trust and sacrifice is a part of the great exchange where Jesus lives his will through us by the power of his Holy Spirit. He sacrificed his life so that we may be saved from the penalty of death. The sacrifice. The trusting sacrifice. So when we're living this life sacrificially to God, it's not our life per se. We're living it, but we're checking in with God 
every step of the way, asking him to guide our steps each and every day. Our prayer should be, Lord, order my step today. And your word, order my step today. And he will. He will guide you each day. And you will notice the, the shift, the movement, the little things you begin to see. When your life is truly sacrificed to God. Every little thing you will see has God revealed itself. In conclusion, we'll go back to the top. Trusting truth. Trusting the word of God. Trusting in faith. Trusting obedience. And trusting as a living sacrifice. And it's end of my message. I want to thank you for coming out. I want to thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word. Because, brother, you need the word. You are listening to BrothersoftheWord.com. This was part one of the series titled, Root Your Trust in God. Subtitled, The Four Elements of Trust, by Ringo Johnson. This message is number 6619 at 6619. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 6619 to a friend, go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to iwanttogive.com. That's iwanttogive.com. Listen to brothersoftheword.com often because, brother, you need the word. Oh, brothers of the world.